0: Life in the land of the ice and snow. My name is Heather, and today I'm with Shayna and Diego. Hello.
1: Hello. (laughs) Like, why why are you waving? It's it's a podcast.
0: I don't know. And our guest today is Amy from New Jersey. Hi, Amy.
2: I'm gonna unmute myself. Hello.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this works a lot better if you're not muted. So Good call on that one. Thanks for coming with us today. I know absolutely nothing about you. So why don't we start with how did you end up in Sweden?
2: I think I ended up in Sweden like majority of people I've met. um, I met a Swedish person, um, my husband Mm. Stefan, and we decided we lived in the States. We lived in New York City for seven years and we had our first child there. The one you might hear in the background making weird noises, trolling his brother. (laughs) Um, We decided that that even with our jobs that were very steady and secure, we decided that we were still treading water financially Mm -hmm. with one child, and we decided we'd like to have another child. So maybe Sweden would be the place to give it a go if I could be open-minded. So we decided to move. I moved. I knew I was pregnant when we moved, and then. You know how Sweden does things we found out uh halfway through my pregnancy that I was actually not pregnant with one but two wow. so I was really you know, I was really quite glad that we ended up moving to Sweden instead of trying to make it in Manhattan with three kids I can't even imagine
1: do you have any family with twins or is it was it a typical
2: yeah. I mean, my, I, I think I was meant to be a twin. My grandmother was a twin and we have loads of twins on her, on her side, my mother's side of the family. We even have naturally occurring triplets who were born in, in 1929 in the Bronx. That's why I'm really happy that I'm closing the factory with three <laughs> happily. You yes. can use it. It's closed and like cemented and used for only for raves. <laughs>
0: you and your husband meet
2: actually um I met him when I was couch I was house sitting slash couch surfing uh (laughs) one summer 2003 TLDR I met him in Gothenburg I was just vacationing there for the summer and I met him by it was like it it gives me goosebumps still but it was um by chance that we met Mm -hmm. and um I had Never had any sort of designs on Sweden or living here. or I mean, generally speaking, Swedish guys are not really my type. <laughs> so as shocked as anyone else, <laughs> when I met the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with, and we knew pretty instantly that we were going to, to be together. We were going to conjoin our lives.
0: That's wonderful. And then, then he moved to Manhattan.
2: He moved to Manhattan we were married. We eloped. <laughs> a very Swedish marriage proposal. What are you doing on Friday? Working. <laughs> why? Um, do you think maybe you could take the day off? Uh, yes, but why? Um, thinking maybe we want to get married. And I'm like, okay, sure.
3: But where did you guys get married? In what uh, City Hall.
2: And we were the second ones in line. The people in front of us were... Um, a, can I say this on, on the show? A pimp and his pregnant... <laughs> sex worker? <laughs> yes yes please yeah i mean i say it in a lot more colorful language when i'm telling the story in person and not for <laughs> an audience for posterity oh, <laughs> but i'm like uh, uh, two sex workers uh-huh.
0: how did
1: you know how did you know
2: of course we talked to them
1: it's, uh-huh. really like it's not
0: sweden <laughs> you talk to strangers in new york oh okay so this was in new york at the yeah Stonewall. okay yeah he Go came on. to visit me
2: so we we just, we've been going back and forth between Sweden and New York for a, few, a little over a year. And then he was there one visit and asked me in this very Swedish way to get married.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> but did you guys ever have like a, a proper wedding or was it just a city hall? I
2: mean, we're not, we're kind of just not into that sort of thing. So yeah. for us, like... I mean, our pa- our mothers, even though they do not speak the same language, they managed to collaborate and be in cahoots. <laughs> so they they flew the next week to New York and we ended up having a ceremony at um, kind of an informal, very intimate ceremony at um, at the Swedish church. And then we had a uh-huh. wedding dinner at Aquavate. That's Marcus nice. Samuelson's restaurant. Nice. That and now it's almost fun. 20 years and people are still asking me, when are we going to have the party? But I'm like, I think maybe <laughs> I have become very Swedish because I'm like, mm. People.
1: No, you should wait. To, you should wait till your children can organize a party for you guys.
2: That is a good idea, Diego. That is what I think mm. we're going to do. Because I mean, that's also something we always say that even though we got married in 2004, I mean, we really became a, a real family when we had the kids to us that cemented everything more than the actual wedding. Like the legal certificate made it possible for us to be in each other's countries and with no problem and move freely. But it was really the kids that made us a family.
0: So on the topic of the kids, this is perfect because you had one kid in New York and then you had your twins in Sweden. So can you tell me like some of the main differences between having a kid there and having a
2: kid here? when my eldest son was born, he was born in the hospital where Beyonce and Jay-Z had their kid. Like nice (laughs) at the same time, but I mean, it's like a point of honor for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I took a whopping seven months unpaid leave, which (sighs) was considered kind of spoiled and not okay. And I was home very shortly afterwards after my very uncomplicated birth in New York. And I still got a bill for 5,000 US dollars. Also, my husband was getting phone calls from his office during delivery. Like, <laughs> is the kid out yet? Are you? When are you coming back?
0: And this was wow. a company based in New York. This wasn't a Swedish yes. company. Okay. Oh, that no, makes no, no, more no. sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, my husband was working for uh, a Swedish, I mean, an, an American company. Okay. He was getting messages and they were calling him and I was like, I was, I mean, there were a lot of expletives I would have, if I'm going to recreate like dialogue, but, um, yeah, they were like, is the kid out yet? Okay. When are you going back? Oh, horrible. Then it's, whereas in Sweden, my twins were late. They really enjoyed being in there. So they were 41 plus <laughs> six. And I think if they had been in the States, I would have automatically had a C-section at 38 weeks or something. Right. But for legal reasons, because you're always worried about being sued in the States. And here they're just like, yeah, they come when they're ready. Yeah. And unlike my first birth, my twin birth was decidedly more complicated. And my older son, who was three at the time, ended up getting chicken pox the day that the twins were born. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a, it was a <laughs> comedy of errors. He leaned over me because I was, I was holding the babies and he leaned over me. And I said, Lucas, what's on your face? And then, like, some nurses just rappelled down the sides of Biavia. And there was, like, there was no more Lucas. <laughs> and we got a sp- an instantaneous spot at the patient hotel because they were like, there's no way you're going home with uh, two unvaccinated newborns. Yeah. And um, and a raging three-year-old with chicken pox. Oh, oh gosh. That sounds but the, crazy. With, the contrast was mostly financial. I mean, that we got we got all these extras, you know, being in the patient hotel and whatnot and having really great care. And then we got the bill for that and, and a decidedly more complex delivery. And I got the bill and I was like, where are the extra zeros? Because I believe it was 130 krona.
0: Yep. <laughs> Same with me. The only thing they charged me for was maybe Mons ate some lunch or something and that was it. So like 130 would be about 13, 14 bucks US. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful.
2: For a very complex delivery and many a week at the at the patient hotel, like all the diapers for twin, newborn twins, etc.
1: <laughs> I don't know what's a patient hotel. Like what, what's What's that? And it's like an annex that is not a hospital, yeah. but it's like, okay.
2: It's for like longer stays. You're not going home overnight. You're you're going to be staying a little bit longer. And Stefan was, my husband was able to stay as well. And that was a big difference because he did not have his boss or project manager calling him in the middle of birth and mm-hmm. nobody expected to hear from him for, I guess, another six months. So, um,
0: Right. Yeah. So he took father leave for six months.
2: Yeah. Because it was, it was hard. I'm well, it's, it's twins, like of course, <laughs> and a three-year-old, <laughs> and a really bored, pissed-off three-year-old. Yeah, <sighs> and you know, also because I was off for family. Like the the preschool that my eldest son went to was very peculiar about it. So it wasn't like you could go for five hours three times a week. They wanted to do the opposite, the inverse. So it was like three hours a day, every day. And I was like, oh, oh hell no, no. I mean, so just you- by the time you got them dressed and got them out of the house, it was it time to pick them up. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Well, to totally change topics, where do you live in Sweden? Because
2: it's not Stockholm, is it? Oh, I'm a scorning. Uh, I live in Harjanes, which is kind of north of
1: Helsingborg. I've but never... Stefan is not from there.
2: No, he's from Smoland. He's from Vekapur. He's a southern man, though. Well, I so, don't but how do... know anything about the, the area.
0: Can you kind of describe it to us? It's kind of like Texas. <laughs> and I mean that in
2: both, in both um, the, the most positive and the most negative ways. <laughs> Understood. Um, Lots of big hair and lots of rednecks, lots of immigrants, um, lots of wide open spaces. Twangy accents, their own flag, very strong national, like local identity, regional identity. I really like Skwana. Um It's a plucky spirit down here. We've been living in Smoland in the forest for a while for two and a half years and we're kind of spinning our wheels there. I was just not coming over that threshold for getting established in Sweden. That I felt as if I had the time machine penalty working against me. Because I was not born in Smoland, because I did not have friends from school in Smoland, mm-hmm. I did not exist. I was not a legitimate human being and I had not passed the test. So I found a decidedly different attitude in Skona where it was much more open because it is more diverse. It's a window on the continent. People are used to dealing with people who are unlike them and have different backgrounds. Uh So I felt a lot more openness and possibility. So we were trying to find where we should relocate. And first we were thinking Malmo, Lund because I really like both Cities tremendously. Mm-hmm. in When I grew up in New Jersey, we were always at Asbury Park, you know, the home of Bruce Springsteen. And I love the idea of living on the coast. Then we start to inch towards his boy because it was so, we just thought it was aesthetically a very beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And the connections to the continent are pretty great. And we were just checking out neighborhoods. Actually, all three of the kids had fallen asleep in the car. So we just kept driving and we ended up in Hagenas. And it was one of those gray, miserable march days but even through the grayness and the mist we fell in love with this with the area it's spectacular natural beauty and it's it's on a cape and it's just it's got a very special vibe to it lots of creative people just there's a lot happening here even though it's very small and very nature focused I find that there's a lot of creative energy here and I I really like the people here.
1: But you guys didn't know anyone there?
2: Nope. So what we did at first was we rented a house in this commune for three months to see how we would vibe. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was pretty awesome. So then we decided we were going to look to buy a house there.
3: Was it easy to find something?
2: Well, my husband's an architect. I guess I have to say that. So that's a caveat. <laughs> because at first, I mean, his requirements at first were like, I have to draw the house. And I said, Do you know, we have three children, you know, under the age of six, like seriously so at first it was like i don't want to live in a house that someone else drew there were a lot of requirements um because it's not easy finding a house with an architect but then one night i was looking on Hemnet and i found our house and it's it's a really cool house it's um it's a uh, it's 100 meters from the sea oh. so you can just walk down to the sea it's a mid-century modern villa that was drawn by an illustrator and architect just like my husband
3: that's nice that's really cool and i think you know it's like one of those things that was meant to be right Yeah. And like when I first walked
2: into the house, I just had that feeling. I don't usually get that. It was just that magical, like Tim Burton had been filming it or something. It was just (laughs) that feeling like time stopped. And I was like, yes, I knew. And I looked at my husband and I knew he also thought so because he was like, whoa.
3: Did you guys have to do the whole bidding process or was it just as simple as? Oh,
2: that's something that was a little special. That was very New York. That was also very like faded because at the time I had my own business And I was actually um, doing kind of media relations, media training for the head of a very well-established bank at the time. He's just a great guy. He was a client and he was absolutely wonderful. And he has a lot of influence in Skåne, or I guess in Sweden too. And I told him, I found this house when we had one of our sessions. I showed him the brochure and he was like, I actually know the macro. We're old friends from like school. So he called him then and there on the spot and he was like, um, yeah, I work with Amy. Like you have to give her the house.
3: <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it really is the mafia, right? Like Sweden, like it's all about who you know,
2: who you marry. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, I mean, we always think of him when we love our house very, very, very much. And I remember just like when the McLaurin, the McLaurin is a really nice guy, but also Wait, even when We, we, we find should the
0: clarify, McLaurin is the realtor.
2: When the realtor, even when we were signing, he told the o- the owners of the house, like so-and-so is an old friend of mine and he's one of Amy's clients and he speaks very highly. So I had to give it to her.
3: <laughs> but was it the original owners that had had it? Like the original architect? no.
2: There, yeah. the house. I, it, there's so many things that are so magical about this house, and we find all sorts of like evidence. Um, no, it had gone through two more additional owners until it came into our possession. Yeah. But a lot of weird coincidences happen around this house just, just a lot of strange connections. Like when I was working at um, an agency, a creative agency in Malmo, one of my coworkers just said, oh, I heard you live in Hagenäs," And she told me her last name. And she's like, oh, my ex-husband is from Hagenäs." And then I put it together and I was like, wait, your husband grew up in this house. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was like my first day of work. And there's, there's so many things. I can't even start to tell you about how, how this house was so fated to be ours and all the weird links and connections. Connections we have to the original owners.
3: I love it. I love those kind of stories. They're fun.
1: Besides the architect threshold, finding a property was not as bad. I mean, I don't know if you know the stories about Stockholm, like trying to find something and then you get outbid it. And so we yeah, that's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: Oh, it's it's much easier here. It's not the same market. I mean, perhaps now during the pandemic. I mean, because a lot of people are going to future work is like from wherever you want it to be. So there are a lot of people who are like, I want to get out of the rat race and look what I can get for the money I, I pay for a two-bedroom apartment in, in the suburbs of Stockholm. Look what I can get for that. So people are moving down here to these spectacular seaside villas and working from wherever. And it's Sweden's infrastructure is so good that you can you can commute if you're only going once a week into the mm-hmm. office. Sweden has great infrastructure. It's, it's very possible. It's very doable. <laughs>
1: I'm going to say something random, but you guys have to have a car there, right?
2: Oh, yeah. There are people who don't, but um, I'm too lazy for that.
1: Because <laughs> Skorne, <laughs> every time I've been there, I mean, you can go by train everywhere, but it's just so easy by, by car. Compared to, let's say, Stockholm or even Gothenburg, like the, the Malmö Lund, even, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like a three hour car ride for you to go to Malmö.
2: Oh no, no, no. It's it's an hour.
1: It's usually like it's nothing. It's crazy.
2: It's an hour. You just get on the Tom, and you just drive straight down. It's pretty awesome. I mean that I, that's where my office is. And now with work from wherever, it's especially great because now I go like one day a week. <laughs> well, not now now because of, you know, Omicron yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's fantastic. You really are able to attract different kinds of more diverse, inclusive talent if you're able to not be biased towards people who only live in a certain commuting distance.
3: I have a question, and it has to do yes. with the Swedish language. Yes, obviously the skånska Swedish much different than the rest of, I mean, obviously same language, different accent, but, and then if you guys ever get a chance to hear Amy speak Swedish, it's it's flawless and liken her to a native, but I mean, how hard is it to learn in that way? I guess when you're immersed in it, it's quite normal, but.
2: Can I tell you the real way I learned? It was because before I got a job, a permanent job in my field, I worked at a school, at the school, my kids actually go to a village school. And, um, That is the kind of uplifting feedback you need because I I realized also I'm a deep end learner. And, like, yeah, I could communicate in Swedish, but then when you have like a class full of 25, uh, For our school class born, who don't understand English and they do love you and you love them and you really want to communicate, it's going to happen. And they will give you the feedback that you need in the most uplifting and kind way. So, <laughs> and honest too. It's very honest and you really learn the rhythm of the language and how it's really used and like in and, and the different contexts. You're really communicating such, especially with kids that young, you're communicating in such profound ways that are going to shape the way they behave in life Mm. so it's pretty amazing because then I was able to develop the vocabulary for certain of my emotions as well because before I had been like no there's a block even if I could say the words and I knew what the words meant I couldn't feel them right like I couldn't feel them at a deeper level in Swedish I could say them I could pronounce them I knew what they meant but I didn't feel them when i worked with those kids and we were really making a connection and had that context that personal connective context that's when the language really started to to really run freely for me
0: We are very short on time now. I wanted to ask you, do you have any Swedish problems that you would not have had in New York or New Jersey?
2: I don't like when people decide for me. I mean, even though I I do feel very Swedish in many ways, I cannot abide by it. I'm still a pain in the ass American about these things. So in what way do you mean? What's an example? Like computer says no kind of things. (laughs) Things that like if the facts say something or it's like that's the actual case and they're like well it's it's kind of empty um platitudes mm-hmm. or like the love society like yeah. no yeah. that that's like privilege that is freaking privilege there like no no it doesn't and i have that feeling like i always feel that pushback
3: sorry our previous guest was just talking about how i think what he was saying about going to Prasheknis Kassin got those one answer of a no, went back like 10 minutes later with a smile, spoke to the same woman and then got a yes. Yeah, it can be yeah. a bit like that. But also just people saying like, no, because
2: like, I think I was one of the earliest cases of COVID um, uh-huh. back in February 2020. And the only answer, even though all the evidence was pointing to the fact that I probably did have it. The only question they asked me was, have you been in China? No. <gasps> <laughs> well then you don't have covid you just have a very bad cough
1: yeah i have a, I have a good example of that of the booster vaccine i went to try to get it i don't know like six days ago mm-hmm. and they said no you need to wait and i just got an sms now saying that like, you can book it i'm like what was that like i had to wait just four days that was it
0: oh there's so it's the, it's the same thing
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It, it has to be completely exact. It's just, if you're saying, here's how to get to my house from the bus, it's a 10-minute walk from here. And then a suite will pop in and, and go, well, um, technically, it's an
2: 11-minute walk. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. who cares? Yeah, it's like... And usually, I would say sconing are pretty good about being more open-minded about things like that. But when it comes to process and procedure, it can be like... Like that, the example with COVID, and then finally six months later, they're like, "It was our bad. We think you probably did. Can we, can we give you an X ray of your lungs to see how things are?" And I'm like, "Yes, but like, can I have an apology also?"
0: At least they followed up, or did you follow up?
2: No, they followed up because they were like, huh, my bad. Huh. It's not very Swedish. That's another thing also. It's another thing I'll, I'll never be used to is that people are very afraid of doing things incorrectly or doing and saying, oh, it's my bad, like my fault and moving on. That's the time machine defense thing. Like they'll harp on the mistake that was made rather than trying to fix it. Yeah. So who made the mistake and assigning blame is more important than fixing the mistake. And I'll never prioritize that. I'll always prioritize moving forward rather than placing blame because it ultimately does not matter. We don't have a time machine. Maybe Elon Musk will create one, but <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> he, he will have to get it to Smallland and Skona very quickly.
0: Well, we uh, we are almost out of time before we get kicked out of this Zoom meeting.
3: So it's I good just, to be digital again, Heather. Eh?
0: It is not good to be digital. It's terrible, and I hate doing these things. Not in however. Person. However, positive note is we get to have guests on the other side of Sweden that's true that is the the Mm -hmm. one advantage but thank you so much amy for for coming on and telling us all about hug high nose huginess got it
2: (laughs) (laughs) just think of the opposite of my nose like low bridge and then high high nose ah that's
0: that's good that makes it sound like it's a very posh snobby society or
2: town. it's like the opposite of that actually (laughs) definitely noses are definitely pretty chill here
1: don't we have like three more minutes or something like that? We one have minute? One,
3: one, one minute, 141.
1: But then Amy has to give us a tip for what's the best restaurant in Hong
2: Good question. Garage Bar is famous all over Sweden for the amazing roadhouse Texas burgers. We have Holy Smoke, um, which they've recreated a, a Texan sort of roadhouse out in the fields. It's beautiful, great food. And Mölle uh, Kökmarkeriet. Is fantastic. Neapolitan pizzas with a real, what's it called? Pizzolo, like one of those, uh, mm-hmm. the dudes who specializes in making pizza. And it's in this beautiful garden. And it's just, it's kind of our neighborhood gastropub. And it's nestled in the mountains in Kulabai overlooking the sea. It's It's an experience and everyone's really humble and friendly and you'll feel really welcome. And the food is tremendous.
0: That is wonderful. Now I want to go because once again, we're recording before dinner for me and i'm very hungry and that <laughs> sounds great <laughs> yeah
2: i am my mouth is watering thinking of the neapolitan pies and the yes. live music
0: well uh, we have to look you up if we go and uh check out the place and, and go please to do restaurant. and also
2: i'm a, an epic home cook Excellent. with a guest house perfect oh, <laughs> we'll talk
0: yeah all right thank you so much all Take right here bye guys bye. Bye.